0: Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode I speak to comic book writer Dave West and lead singer for post-apocalyptic industrial rock band V2A about what comics they take into a solar storm reset apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, the Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month, you can get monthly issues of the History of Comics 1930-2030, to monthly issues of the brand new Shift comic anthology, and two Comic Scene specials per year. To find out more and subscribe to the Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. On a side note, there are two weeks to go for my seventh Kickstarter, Band of Warriors. Merging actual historical events with Celtic and Greek mythology, Band of Warriors is an epic tale of adventure betrayal and vengeance set in 1500 BC. If that tickles your fancy, feel free to check it out by searching for Band of Warriors on Kickstarter or by simply clicking the respective link in the show notes. But be warned, it's for mature readers only as it contains mild nudity, Strong violence and sexual references. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Dave West and Drone. How's it going? Hello, it's
1: not bad, thank you.
2: Hi, uh, welcome, and thank you very much for having us on your show.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, lads. Um, and uh, I, I love shows when we get get two people on because um, it kind of it, it can often be be more fun um, than just the uh, solo shows, try and get a little bit of banter going, um, and we did have a bit of banter going just be, just before, before coming on, um, but uh, for, for anybody uh, that doesn't know either of you uh, just yet, um, what do you do in the world of comics?
1: So uh, I guess I'll start, um, so Accent UK Comics, um, so we've been doing, we're sort of small press or independent publisher in the UK, uh, doing comics now for about 20 years Um <laughs> yeah incredible uh, overnight success in 20 years um so we uh, we've, we have, we've been doing all the cons for many years we we go abroad sometimes so we've done some american cons and mostly the the ones in europe like copenhagen Co- comics Co- comics UK. um so yeah we've done all sorts of things started off with anthologies and now we're doing ongoing sort of series
0: fantastic uh, hello, Enjoying.
2: From- and over on my side, uh, this is my first comic. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, I've been an avid comic reader and uh, fan since about the age of about four or five. Uh, and met Dave and come out with a great, really great idea for a story. And uh, we made it real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love for the listeners to find out a little bit more about what you actually do, Drone.
2: Yeah, so my day job, I run um, a post-apocalyptic rock band called V2A. So uh, we normally um, play festivals all over UK, Europe, uh, and the US. Um, We've got our own war boys. uh, We've got trucks. We have flamethrowers. A lot of our mates are friends uh, who are actors in Mad Max lot of the Mad Max trilogy so we've got a lot of good contact mates there uh, and also we run a cult um so our hardcore fan club is called the cult of v2a and it's always Brilliant. good if you, you know when you meet somebody from school and they sort of say oh how's it going you know what are you up to now and I just say I'm a cult leader <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that stops them in their tracks doesn't it? It,
2: it does yeah We're, we are living life to the full that's all I can say
0: Fantastic, yeah, and I highly recommend people just searching on YouTube for V2A and uh, and and checking out um, their your your wonderful showmanship. It looks fantastic.
1: I've been to one of their gigs and uh, I'd say uh, it, it was loud.
2: it was loud (laughs) we actually we actually played um, because we we sort of play like rock festivals and alternative festivals and also comic cons so we've been uh, invited out to to play some really big ones over in the states Uh, but we played one in the UK and William Shatner we met him backstage Really oh, awesome guy. Uh, so spent about three hours eating ginger cake with William Shatner, and he didn't like the band. He said it was very bang bang bang. So that's that's <laughs> thumbs up from me. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as is a is a is a is a badge of honour. William Shatner, Captain Kirk thinks we're a bit a bit shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a bit bang bang bang. A bit bang bang. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, but great that you got to meet him. That's 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 amazing.
2: Yeah, awesome guy. Really, really nice guy.
0: Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, and um, obviously, you've both got a Kickstarter going on at the moment called V2A, The Wasted Wasteland Chronicles. Uh, tell us more a bit about that.
1: I'll let you start the Oh,
2: uh, OK. So um, I've been a massive fan of comics all my life. And because we... We have this post-apocalyptic band, uh, and we play a lot of these post-apocalyptic festivals. They are very immersive. So um, all these crazy stories have been sort of bouncing around in my head for the last few years, uh, and I thought, wow, this would be, this would make a great graphic novel ser- uh, series, you know? Because mm. the the sort of reality and fiction is very blurred in these in these. It's it's like larping, really. So it's it's. Fully immersive. Everybody has their own characters. They build trucks and, you know, there's Thunderdomes and all this kind of stuff. So this, this kind of story has always been bouncing around in my head over the last few years. Of, wouldn't it be good if these characters did sort of this and this kind of thing happened? Uh, but not being sort of a comic book artist or writer, uh, I never had the output. Hence, you know, I write music and we've done like six or seven albums. Uh, so, so my output, my creative output's always been through music. Uh, until I met Dave, da- and now over to you, Dave. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we attend the uh, the asylum event, which is like a steampunk event in Lincoln. It Used to be every year uh, back when there was uh, were conventions, and um, and at the first we did a, we do a comic, so we decided to do like an anthology. So these, as, as a Drone says, these people at the steampunk events also have their own personas. They dress up as Lord something or somewhere other, and they actually have a story to tell. They actually are the character. They play the character for the whole weekend. And uh, we're looking around and thought, actually, wouldn't it be good to do a comic about those characters? So a bit like uh, like you can't do with the normal conventions we go to where people dress as Spider-Man. Obviously, you get sued by Marvel. Um, but here, they are their own characters. So we asked them, could we do a comic story, short one in an anthology comic about you, your character? And uh, we got, yeah, they're all up for it because they would like to to show off and talk about themselves and show off the character. They're really into it. You know, they've got the costumes they make and so lavish. Um, so we did that and then Drone contacted me. This was a few years ago now, about three years ago and said, V2A have got to be in it. And I said, V2A? He says, yeah, yeah, just Google us. And I Googled and thought, man, wow, that's loud. And, um, <laughs> and so, so I kind of did a short story based on the characters um, of the band. And then uh, and then Drone, well, I think this is one of the benefits, one of the good things to come out of, if there are any, come out of the COVID thing, is that Drone then couldn't go touring, couldn't do loads of you know events. So therefore, he said, actually, let's get on with this comic book idea that I've got. So he kind of sent me the synopsis, and then we worked together fleshing it out, really.
0: That's fantastic, and obviously you got some great artists on board as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we're discussing artists. So, so Gustavo. I don't know if you know of Gustavo. Has he
0: been on the show? Yes, he has. Yeah, yeah,
1: he has. Yeah. Uh, so Gustavo worked on the on the, the the short story in the Asylum Comic, and we would hope to get Gustavo to do the, the main comic, but <laughs> it's hard to get in his schedule now because so he's quite popular.
0: <laughs> it's quite. Oh popular. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so, so we're discussing it, and Drones are a big 2000 AD reader. And and I said, well, what we really want is someone, someone a bit like PJ Holden. You, you, you know, with him. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, someone like PJ. And then Drone said, well, why not get PJ? <laughs> 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 or why not just approach him and see whether we do it. So we contacted PJ, and uh, yeah, and he was up for it. So uh, so the first two, so the first issues on on Kickstarter now, and the second part of that story will definitely be drawn by PJ, and then we'll just see who's available. If he's available, then we'll continue all Kickstarter. So, but yeah.
2: Uh, And also from my side, because I'm a big, massive comic book fan and a big 2000 AD fan. So what what we do as well in our spare time, well, what what I do in my spare time, is um, we used to go to comic conventions dressed as Mega City One Judges, uh, the Dread uh, 2012 version. Uh, Mm. So we know John Wagner, we're, we're good mates with all the artists, and we actually raise money for the Dogs Trust. So, so nice. we go to comic cons, dressed as judges, abuse everybody, <laughs> arrest them, have lots and lots of fun. Um, we love because, it. We love it. And because of that, all the artists, all the 2000 AD artists uh, know us. And, we, you know, we go down the pub and, and all that lot. So, again, I was, while talking to Dave, it's like, let's produce the best graphic novel we can. Let, let, let's do something that's going to be just truly epic. You know, not just an, an, another little comic. Let's, it's a great, yeah. it's, a, it's an awesome story. It's a massive world, which we're world building at the moment. And we want to get involved, you know, all the, the best artists that we love and uh, really admire. So again, for book number one, we've got Ryan Brown doing the cover. And Ryan Brown, I've I've been friends with Ryan for, for many years. Don't ever go drinking with him because he can drink a lot of Guinness. <laughs> Being Irish, I think it's, a, you know, it's his tradition. So he, he's, he's very, very good at that. But his art style is stunning. And because um, he's done 2000 AD and done a load of stuff for Marvel and DC, the guy is awesome. And we, we, we've we got some really awesome, you know, some other really great friends uh, who are really, a, you know, top-of-the-game uh, artists for the big boys who we're going to get involved in this graphic book series. So it's not just it's not just a comic. This is a, a graphic book series, but we want it to be something very special. So not just the story, but the art and the covers and some of the other stuff we hide in there as well. It's, 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 it's like a, a, an art thing, if that makes any sense. It's not just a comic. This, we're trying to create something special and something very yeah. different.
0: 100 percent and that that definitely comes out in both the the the, the art and the way that the kickstarter campaign page has been put together um so for for all the folks at home um if you want to go check it out it's uh if you search for v2a the wasted chronicles it will come up on kickstarter there um or just go into the show notes and click through on the uh, on the link right there and uh, you can take a gander Whilst we speak, and uh, speaking of which, where else can they can folks at home uh, find you online?
1: So, so we've got an accentukcomics.com, uh, which is it's being built. Um, we had one a few years ago, but it, it got hacked, unfortunately, and it's very difficult mm. with a service provider to get it get it cleaned out. I, you know, even though I deleted all the files, I still wouldn't release it mm. we move somewhere else. So that's being built. Um, strangestoftimes.blogspot.com is my little blog. Um, so you can find
2: us on there. Uh, we've also got uh, on Facebook, V2A is mainly on Facebook. So we've got um, V2A, got our own big Facebook. We've got about 20,000 fans on that. We've got the cult of V2A, which is our our hardcore uh, fan base who actually dress up and come to the Comic-Cons in post-apocalyptic uh, gear, So, which is makes for an interesting gig. Uh, and also we run a weekly YouTube show called Freak Show. Uh, Again, so check that out. We've had quite a lot of um, 2000 AD people and Mad Max people on.
0: Excellent. And again, those links are in the show notes, folks. So go click through, check it out whilst we're speaking. Uh, Now, all of that aside, lads, I've got some bad news for you. And it it might not necessarily be bad news for you, Drone, because you're very well versed in post apocalyptic situations. Um, But uh, unfortunately, planet Earth has been hit by a massive solar storm from the sun um and for those at home that don't know what a solar storm is um it's basically a massive electromagnetic wave that comes from the sun um and it wipes out it it will potentially wipe out all electronic devices on planet earth um and uh my question for you lads is uh what's your action plan for survival
1: so um so well i wouldn't wait for the government to sort things out that's, that's uh yeah <laughs> a very good track record they? um but I, I kind of thought about it i guess it's a bit like now but without electricity isn't it so we're stuck in a yeah. room in a flat trying to live off the food trying to go out very very rarely to get food um trying to get a little bit of exercise but avoiding everybody else because they might have something you know so in, in this world i guess it might be that they're hunting you for your food um so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, really think it's. I think it's. Uh, I probably live off cold food because my flat's sick, all the electricity, no <laughs> gas. Out things like cold baked. I'll have to get a taste of cold baked beans and probably tuna. Well, I don't mind tuna anyway. But, uh, but yeah, I, want, I don't see it as an awful lot different to the world we're living in at the moment.
2: <laughs> uh, on, on my side, because, uh, because I run a post-apocalyptic band, we are ready for the apocalypse. So uh, day one, we've already got our outfits, we've got the buggies, we've got the flamethrowers. We're ready for it. I think I've
1: done is... yours actually, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is, this is going to be like, cr- like a Christmas holiday for us. So we're all ready. Uh, we've got our own bunker, uh, which I'm currently talking to you from, our Earth Bunker um we've got we've got absolutely tons of toilet rolls that's the one thing we've we've learned from this lockdown that you know forget food and cannibalism uh you know when the when the world ends it's toilet rolls is going to be the
0: is king is king
2: it's all about toilet rolls and pot noodles (laughs) (laughs)
0: pot
1: noodles
2: I bet you've never had an answer like that before, have you? No, certainly not. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, so um, I guess kind of you, you, you're both in interesting situations. Uh, Dave sounds a, a little less theatrical, um, singing that was some cold baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you being the, the the lord of a of an earth bunker with your with your cult right behind you.
2: Yeah, as I said, yeah, that's that's why I think we, me and Dave make such a good partnership because Dave is the sensible calm collective one of of the pair and yeah. I am the mad lunatic running around with a flamethrower stuck on top of my buggy. Um, you know, so I think it's what, a a what a team. What a team. Yeah, a good team. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Um, so um we'll we'll start off with you, Dave. Um in contemplation whilst uh, you're you're eating your cold beans, you're you're thinking about um comics come to come to your mind, um trying to pass the time, and uh you ask yourself, what's the first comic you remember enjoying?
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. So so I grew up with Dandy, which was the old like a dandy I don't know it's still going dandy, but
0: it's
1: uh, mm. cartoon in comic um but and then i started picking up things like batman and justice league you know superboy and all that sort of stuff in a local um news agent i didn't know where the local comic shop was so i didn't know if they existed in those days um mm. i've come across a comic fantastic four it's issue 51 i think it was the first time and, and what marvel did and i don't know if it's stanley or you know whoever but they kind of they they made the characters quite real so there's a guy the thing ben grim um Kind of hating who he was, kind of um, feeling ugly, feeling left out, you know. And it, it's kind of it became very human. So then I, I kind of saw the, the characters as actually humans with with a power rather than just superheroes, just people with powers yeah. around doing great things. And I think that's that's the that's the issue that I remember thinking. Actually, comics can be quite interesting if you look at the kind of the person, the character, not just the power. Uh, yeah. That's the one that sticks in my mind. Yeah, and it's the kind of Ben Grimm's always been one of my favorites since then. you know, The thing. Um, but that's the
0: one yeah yeah and that's kind of it it's a bit of a landmark that issue isn't it um and um i can imagine as a as a young boy kind of reading that um and recognizing that it's quite you know there's more to this than just you know uh, people beating each other up
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's another level. You know, everyone else is all about the power and about them hunting things down or fighting bad guys, but this was kind of a very introspective thing, which surprised me. I never forgot it. So.
0: Definitely. And um, from, uh, do you remember? If you don't mind me asking, what age you were when you came across this? I was
1: probably about. I think we well, just before I move. I was probably about ten, nine or ten.
0: Great, and so at, at that point um were you trying to create your own comics at all
1: no no I used to I used to copy um the art yeah um so I wasn't really I was more into the art than the storytelling if I'm honest Mm -hmm. um so I used to you know for the next few years I was I was kind of drawing them but you know trying to as you probably know you know trying to do your own comic with a day Mm -hmm. job and get good at the art it's just it's just too much um so I've kind of moved away from the art and more into the writing
0: fantastic and what 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 do you think motivated you to actually start writing because not every comic fan kind of pushes themselves to to write No,
1: yeah, it's kind of it's funny it's my my ex-wife she's I, I was kind of sat there one day and i read a whole pile. of them i used to kind of buy pretty much the x-men books completely all of them there's probably about 13 titles at one point and i've read through them all and i read a few other bits and bobs and i think 2000 they were in the power and i put them all down and i just said god a load of old rubbish there was nothing in there that really grabbed me or stayed with me mm-hmm. and my wife my ex-wife said uh, well why don't you if you think you do better why don't you write your own and I said you know what I will uh, and I wrote probably the worst Judge Anderson story you'd, you'd never read <laughs> um, and, and I, I kind of got into it I thought this no I kind of get it and then then you see your, your mind starts working and, it, and my mind hits me in, by surprise at times I think oh and I, a story kind of appears almost fully formed sometimes in my head And it must have been subconsciously working uh, and then I kind of wrote a few of them down. And then it's, it's kind of working with, with artists, I guess. And it's kind of, what do they like? Um, so Andy Blower, I probably did my first one with the Wolfmen, which is like a 1960s London gangster with, with, with were, werewolf masks. But actually, they aren't masks. They're really werewolves. And um, and it was kind of came off one of Andy's sketches. So it's kind of, you get ideas and you just kind of want to tell the story. And, you know, and you can never tell an original story. I come up with some great ideas and my daughter says oh, that's a bit like this Japanese manga thing or this, this mm. thing, you know, and I think, what? And she tells me that I think, well, okay, it's similar. No, no, never going to be the same. But, you know, it's very difficult to get that original, unique idea. But that shouldn't stop you. You know, you still tell us story. Mm. I mean, yeah.
0: Exactly, do it in your own way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's that fantastic. Uh, now, uh, moving back to you, Drone, um, you're kind of... Ish in a similar situation, um, you're on your own on your throne in the yep. bunker. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm picturing you, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, your uh, your cult minions are, are kind of you know delivering a, uh, a beautiful meal <laughs> for you, <laughs> um, and uh, you get you get stuck in, um, but uh, you you start wanting to try and pass the time. And uh, you ask yourself, what's the first comic you remember enjoying?
2: Well, the first comic this this was a, a very interesting one. I, I was in primary school, so I was probably about I don't know six something like that. And it <clears> was <throat> a school Phaeton. on, and uh, I was given some pocket money by my parents to you know buy something, buy some food in the school fete. And this person was selling some old Marvel Titan comics. So instead of having any food, I bought these instead, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I took them home, and I was just in awe with the art. Uh, I I didn't really read the stories that much to start off with. It was the pictures and the characters, and then I was I was sort of hooked on Marvel very at a very early age. Didn't really, and then I sort of bought a lot of the comics from like you know Fates and stuff like that. So I wasn't you know didn't really go to comic shops or. You know, W.H. Smith, I think, was uh, the first ones I bought. But I I accumulated a lot of comics at a very early age through Fates and stuff. And But I was super hooked on Marvel. Uh, And to this day, I've never owned a DC comic by <laughs> 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 a marveling proud marvel, marvel boy and, through and, and through yeah in 2000 AD that's 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 good enough for me
0: amazing yeah. fantastic so where did the where did the love of uh post-apocalyptic um
2: I blame Mad Max 2 for that right. so <laughs> again as a kid yeah. um saw this heard about this film and you know my uh, my sister's older etc and they sort of when they saw it at the cinema i was like god i'd love to see that you know when you're you're too young and you can't really see this stuff especially at that age yeah. where it wasn't sort of streamed on the telly etc so we managed to get a, a video of it uh, i was probably about 10, 10 or 11 Watched mad max 2 thought it was the best thing ever i was the only yeah. kid in the west midlands with a boomerang so I, I, grew, I grew up wanting to be the feral kid. Yeah, I wanted to be a cross between the feral kid and Wes. Uh, and it just totally corrupted my whole life. Uh, we are well, we are actually really good friends with Emil uh, Minty, who played the feral kid uh, in Mad Max 2. And he's actually got really? his own character yeah. in our comic book series. How cool oh, is that's that? That's wicked.
1: You might need to explain what a video is to people on the call.
2: A video. It's like a bit of yeah. It's like a big. You can't even say like a big tape. It's like tape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tape. Yeah, that's quite a hard one. Yeah, it's like it quite tape. difficult
0: to, it to watch describe, it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but but that that grew. My, I, I love the whole post apocalyptic thing because yeah. I like the way that sort of people have got a backstory how did they get there what why are they yeah. behaving like that why mm. wh- what the stuff they've got on them? why are they where did that come from initially why are they using for you know it now for uh, and and just sort of Mad Max 2 just blew me away with the trucks and yeah. I'd just never seen anything especially at that age I'd never seen anything yeah. like I was like wow this is just stunning
0: fantastic and so what what kind of pushed you to to dress up like that as well
2: um I th- I think a lot of it being Always being creative, I've I've probably absolutely frustrated my parents as a kid because I'm, I'm always doing multiple things all at the same time. So, you mm-hmm. know, uh, <laughs> so especially even like now, we'd be sort of writing book two while trying to work out lyrics for the next album while painting miniature figures. You know, I do multiple things at the same time. I, normal people, I would probably really get on their nerves, but I have to constantly create stuff or, or, or I'll pop if that makes any sense um so yeah. initially i, I like the look of all that but then we got into sort of cosplay and how to build all this stuff so a lot of the mm. costumes and the effects we actually build all ourselves and we've got wow. like a truly mad stage show with flamethrowers and buggies and snow cannons and so uh, dave what did you think the first time you saw us live having Ooh, mad
1: Um, i was just just, just amazed really so what what it was so we we were i was a little bit backstage as well and you've threatened to get me on the stage which worried the hell out of me Um, (laughs) but but fortunately i hit myself on the merchandise pool the um but i was just amazed at how many people that are involved you know from the crowd and from people around are actually involved in the whole thing they kept going up on the stage and they were waving flags and it sort it felt like most of the people were part of the thing rather than just the band yeah, um, it's, it's amazing. Definitely,
2: It's yeah. very inclusive, so it's not like a band in an audience. No. That line's blurred, so the audience dress up, they come on stage, we have snow cannons, we chrome people, you know, the old silver silver spray. Yeah. Uh, it's even more crazier in America, because we've actually got about 30 war boys in trucks. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's, it's a spectacle.
1: It's, it's a spectacle. Felt, yeah. it was, to me, it almost felt like you could have been in a Mad Max film. You yeah. know, there's, there's some... Travelers up through brought their back their music their instruments and they're just playing and all the the, the other travelers and the you know are just listening in and joining in it just felt that kind of thing. So,
2: yeah. And and that's sort of where the the comic book, uh, the graphic novel see, uh, series came from. It's that yeah. that blur between reality and and fiction. Yeah. But it, it all seems quite real in our heads.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I <I'm> understand it. <laughs> Well that's fantastic. It's great. Great to have that and I bet when when you're you're on stage and kind of you know you're connecting with the audience it must feel electric.
2: It it it's absolutely awesome. We we live for that. The only reason I sit in the studio for 8 months writing albums etc is just to play mm-hmm. live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So totally. uh, it, it is just and also because the, the crowd know us and they know what to mm-hmm. expect. They know it's going to be just a riot. It's just going to okay. be, you know, an hour and a half of just full-on fun. They're going to get covered in foam and everything else. It's it's just like one massive party. It's, it's brilliant. I really love it. And they're, they're really enthusiastic and they've supported us so much as well with a graphic novel because everybody uh, wants to be involved as well with it, if that makes any sense. So it's not just yeah, like me and Dave is. are creating it. We've got a whole big family yeah also everybody wants to be in it everybody (laughs) wants to be in it uh some of the locations (laughs) are based on festivals around the world so there you can go to a certain festival and these locations are actually in the book so so that that there is a very there's a blur between sort of fiction and reality if that makes any sense 100%
0: 100% that's fantastic uh, now uh, going back to you Dave mm-hmm. um, still digging into your beans yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, <laughs> you ask yourself what's the funniest comic that you've read
1: yeah I'm, I'm kind of I guess I'm not really that big on buying humor comics I guess so, so I grew up with like Asterix as most people do and, and I love those uh, and the clever way they use the names and things but I guess I'm more into the kind of whimsical humor so someone like Tom Gould um, yeah. he, does produce, he started off producing comics way, way, way back. Um, they're kind of whimsical, little strange little tales about strange little people. He does he does the actual cartoons for things like New Scientist and I think The Guardian as well. Um, yeah. But uh, I like his kind of it's not more like three panel gags, yeah, you know, rather than a, an ongoing comic. But I can't I can't think of a whole comic or a series that I really got into for the humour. Yeah.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Well, uh, sometimes you know, just a little comic strip. Um, it's just what you need, really, isn't it? You just need that three-panel uh, giggle.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, is perfect for that, wasn't it? Charlie Brown. Yeah, they, they're probably the one that probably would, I'd say, my younger years that I kind of really loved.
0: Fantastic. And then uh, same for you, Drone. What, what was the funniest comic that you've read?
2: Uh, mine is slightly different to uh, Dave's. Mine was, uh, there's a, there was a comic in the 90s called White Trash. I don't know if you ever saw it. No. It's it's awesome. Um, It's based on if you can imagine somebody who looks remarkably like Axel Rose uh, is busking across America where he gets is like a hitchhiker gets picked up by somebody who looks remarkably like Elvis (laughs) Uh, and they go and they go on a gun spree. It's just crazy. I couldn't believe somebody put it into a comic. It's so out there. And the graphic and the art is so amazing. It's 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 brilliant. It's really funny. Every every issue. I think they only made four, but it was just I was it yeah. was just totally not expected. Um so it's called White Trash by Tundra Comics or something oh, like that, I think. Yeah. Okay. Google it, it's it's bizarre but awesome. Axel Rose, Elvis, <laughs> uh Natural Born Killer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a pitch. <laughs> it's a pitch, isn't it? Yeah
0: fantastic yeah no, i'm gonna to have to check that out properly um but uh yeah from having look, look, looked it looked it up um yeah i can see that now um the, the axel rose and elvis that's just hilarious. Just,
2: even when i was in the comic shop buying the first issue i bought it because of the picture i was like this looks like axel right. rose and then you start reading it this this is remarkably like elvis you know they're running around <laughs> with guns shooting everybody it's just hysterical how they never got sued but, yeah. you know awesome one of the best comics out
0: fantastic you're gonna to have to try and hunt that down um at uh, a uh, fair <laughs> when, when they get going again well I'm, I'm sure ebay will do the job ebay <laughs>
2: i saw one on ebay and it was like for one pound <laughs> oh, right <laughs> think, there you go the only other person who bought a copy was me <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> fantastic uh now uh, we're going to be changing gears a little bit here um and dave heading heading back to your flat and cold beans um what's the saddest comic that you've read
1: um probably killing joke i think yeah. I, I grew up with the i'm that old i grew up with the 1960s kind of batman on the tv mm. and, um, <clears throat> and you know batgirl was was one of my favorites and um you know the, the killing joke the way it kind of built up and then he shot, you know, shot. Well, there's no spoilers. I everyone must have read it. But he, you know, Joker shoots Barbara Gordon in the in the spine, effectively. And it's just a real shocking moment. It kind of this sort of the and unlike a lot of the other characters who die and they come back, you know, something happens. They they actually kept Barbara Gordon as a as kind of in a wheelchair for many many years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, took on sort of the Oracle, then she became the brains behind everything. Um, it, but yeah, it was just a shocking moment, and it, it was kind of it wasn't kind of overdone. It was very subtle, but it's so devastatingly brutal. So that that's the one that sort of struck me many, many, you know, many years after you can always think of a good comic's one that sticks with you in my view. You know, you read it and then you, you remember it and something happens and you re remember it. It could be some horrible thing on the news or something. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah it was one of those
0: that's It really hits drone. hits home.
1: Yeah, that's a DC comic drone that you've
2: missed out. Yeah, I, I, I've, actually, you never, I've never read it. <laughs> I've heard of it, but never read it. I won't, I won't stoop that low. <laughs>
0: oh, brilliant. Um But uh, say the, the the killing joke, because it was quite a game changer, uh, wasn't it? In terms of the the approach yeah. of uh, of comics at the time.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was unexpected. I think that's part
0: yeah. of it, really. Yeah, definitely of its of its charm, but of its impact, I guess. Yeah. as well and its emotional impact yeah. um but uh yeah another another fantastic one and then uh for you drone uh what was the saddest comic that you've read
2: uh i think the saddest and possibly one of the best comics ever written was america the, the oh. dread story by john wagner just mm-hmm. blew me away i've never I've, I've never seen that kind of storytelling in a comic and um and again, I can't believe that that used to come out weekly uh, for kids and you could buy it in WH Smith. You know, that level of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, that that that, that would be a stunning film. Uh, you know, and it's just... And John Wagner's such a nice guy, but it's so well written. It's like an adult book with real adult themes, but made for kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they didn't look down on the kids reading it, if, if you know what I mean. You know, it was just... Yeah. Just blew me away I've, if you've ne- if you've not seen it just just definitely check it out america uh the dread book it's just stunning,
0: yeah and uh, quite quite an impactful in- ending as well Def-
2: definitely definitely <laughs> it's like, wow just and and you can imagine that was in a in a, a sort of a weekly comic for kids in wh <clears throat> just just wild isn't it
0: yeah it really I, is yeah
2: yeah, I just don't think they 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 wouldn't be able to do that kind of stuff nowadays especially for that kind of audience you know for i don't know nine to 13 year olds i don't think yeah i think it was very special at the time i think he was he was before his time john wagner with some of that and also have you ever had john wagner on the show
0: not yet i'm trying (laughs) to get oh
2: he's a he's a good friend i've had pat mills (laughs) Oh, oh excellent uh, john wagner is so funny <clears throat> yes yeah. he is the naughty he's the naughty guy of, of comics he's brilliant so. <laughs> i'm
0: on it well if you're listening john you're more than welcome um please get in touch um but uh, again uh, we're going to be changing gears here lads um and um back to you dave uh, what's the scariest comic that you've read
1: yeah this, this is difficult for me so I don't I don't really read horror comics either I don't I don't get scared by comics I think I can go with the fantasy and the superheroism and and you know and the zombies but I always see it as the I never see it as scary at for some reason it's always the kind of comic on a page suddenly I don't know I, I mean I love I love Hellboy and the whole mythos around that BPRD particularly um, but I don't I don't feel horrified by the events it's just kind of a it's almost a bit like walking dead where you you're more into the characters and how they survive and interoperate and get together to work through things Rather yeah. than the, the you know in quotes
0: horror
1: thing that's going on, yeah. So I, I quite enjoyed Walking Dead when it came out, um, and mm-hmm. I love D.P.R.D. And, and Hellboy, um, but I wouldn't really see them as horror. In the,
0: in yeah. the way, I'm consuming it. Yeah, definitely. I can I, I can see that, and it's horror is is one of the it's got to be one of the most difficult genres for comics, yeah. um, and particularly considering that most comic readers have got a pretty thick skin when yeah. it comes to that stuff as well.
1: It's because it's kind of horror for me. It's a lot about the sound. Yeah, like, totally. in the mood and all of that. And it builds you up and builds you up and takes you on a journey of films particularly. And then you're shocked by something, but the comic, it doesn't have the sound and maybe that's what it is. I don't know.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely an important element of, uh, of trying to create tension,
2: yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, um,
0: yeah. Um, but how about for you, drain
2: uh, Mine was totally different to Dave's as a, uh, uh Mine was, if you, if well, as a kid, as I said, sort of from about the age of five and six, I used to go to school, fates, and whatever, and pick up, you know, these comics, the Marvel comics. Uh, I was probably about six, I was probably about seven, and I picked up a 2018, (laughs) thinking (laughs) it's like, it's like Marvel. And uh I don't know, I, I didn't really read the stories, but there was one panel and it had these minotaurs marching off into this pool of acid and I had nightmares wow. over it. And I it it just totally freaked me out. I couldn't you know, being a little kid thinking everything's like kapow and you know, you know, gonna thump somebody and then I accidentally saw a two thousand AD. It was like, Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you so can't unsee on. that
2: yeah you can't unsee it and I, I literally had nightmares for, for possibly for a day or so a couple of days but you know when you uh-huh. when you're after a bit you think oh quite like this <laughs> this is quite yeah. good <laughs> but uh, the first yeah the first 2000 AD comic I don't know what it was I, I don't even remember the story I just remember the one panel with these things marching off into a pool of acid and that fried my brain
0: <laughs> no doubt because um, uh, yeah it's, uh, I've got well I'm not a too much of a horrifying story but um i do you remember uh, robin hood prince of thieves yeah yeah um the movie yeah. i went to that oh, gosh i must have been about a similar age um about 7 or 8 maybe um and do you remember at the beginning um a guy gets his hand chopped off oh
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. um and uh, that yeah i had nightmares of my hands being chopped <laughs> off for
2: weeks
0: (laughs) so i I can attest to the fact that you know if you see something like that when you're young you just you know just get stuck in your brain doesn't it
2: it does yeah i'd like to hunt that comic down and try and buy it but i don't even know what what it was something to do with minotaurs in a pool of acid <laughs> right, well, we're
0: yeah. going to get on this. We
2: we'll have to find that one out. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to
0: find it 100. Uh, now, uh, moving on to to my favourite question, um, and uh, to you first, Dave. Uh, what's your favourite cover?
1: Yeah, mine's well, got to be the the Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller as Batman yeah. kind of launching himself, kind of coming downwards slightly, and a lightning bolt strike behind him. Yeah, it's just it's just such a powerful. I mean, covers to me. There's there's some. Wonderful artists, and they—you know—I can give you a whole list of them, the artists I love. But that was so almost simple, but so effective. Mm-hmm. I've seen it copied a few times or parodied a few times. I should, should say, of course. Yeah. And it's—you know—it's instantly what it is and what they're doing. It's just such a great cover.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's iconic, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Just with the cape and like his stance, like his yeah. like yeah. jumping stance and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, and again, it's not. You know, it's not overdone. It's not over elaborate. There's a lot of space on
2: it with, the, you know, the background. Cetera, but it's just stunning.
0: Fantastic. Great choice. Um, and how about you, Drain?
2: Well, my answer, as always, is from left field. Uh, the, um, <laughs> my favorite, I, I, I'm a massive fan of art. So I've actually got some HR Giga stuff and I've actually got some stuff signed by him, etc. So I, I, do, I, I do like my art. But my favorite cover is Mars Attacks, uh, the Dread book. Because uh, it's just so funny. I can't not look at that picture and, and have a smirk.
1: Who did that? Was it Bisley? Sorry? Who, was it Bisley did that? Uh,
2: uh, was I, I'm not sure, actually. I can't remember who it was. Or, or was it McCree?
1: Okay. That'd be John uh, McCree, yeah.
2: Yeah, it could have been John McCree. But it's because if, you, if you're used to the Mars Attacks films where they're sort of like really? quite evil little devils, they run around oh, yeah. terrorising everything. And this one's being told off by Judge Dredd. Yeah, with a gun in his face. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And I can't, you know, so that I think that is one of my all-time favourite covers. It's just so funny and so sums up Judge Dredd. You can see that everything in one picture, it's just brilliant. I think, yeah, It I, is, I like it like is it. fantastic. Yeah.
0: Really good one. I love it, Um and uh, yeah, no, I mean the detail on it is fantastic, and the coloring is—it is, is just the stupendous, isn't, funny, it? isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. And and the way he sums up the whole fun, quirky side of the comic in that one picture, yeah, y- you know, and it's it's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: Fantastic, yeah, definitely go check that out, guys. I um, mean, it's a really good one. If you just Google Judge Dread Mars attacks. On uh, Google Images, and it's the first one that comes up. It's uh, it's, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, now, uh, moving on to another one of my favourite questions, um, Dave. What is your most meaningful comic to you?
1: So, I guess there's two parts. I guess to this for me. So, there's one that I've produced myself, um, which was whatever happened to the world's fastest man, um, and it won an Eagle Eagle Award back in 2010. And it's the yeah. first time that you know, a comic one of my comics had actually been given credibility, I guess is the word, um, by my peers, you know, as as something pretty good. And it kind of makes it kind of real, I guess, because otherwise, until that point, I was kind of, is it it vanity? You know, people call it vanity press sometimes if they've been unkind, but that actually meant something. And it was by a a lady that the artist, uh, Marlene Lowe, sadly passed away very young um, last year, um, tragically. And she was a fabulous artist, lovely person. So that, that's the one that kind of, you know, from a thing that I've produced or been involved with. Uh, from the kind of the, the general stuff, I guess, I guess you know, I mentioned before that I read loads of X-Men. I used to kind of got every X-Men title that came out. If a new one came out, I'd be so excited and I'd buy it. And this was at the age of about 20-odd, you know. It wasn't as if I was a kid. And I was, I was getting kind of jaded with the whole thing, to be honest. And I went into the, um, I think it was Odyssey Seven in Manchester. And um, and I walked in, I picked out, I was went down the aisle, I was picking up the usual X-Men, this, this, that, and the other a handful of them, and I... And then I was caught by, uh, by Barry Windsor-Smith's Weapon X. I think it was in Marvel Comics Presents. And I remember Barry Windsor-Smith because I had some of the early Conan comics. And I thought, wow, that, that looks interesting. And I picked it up and I looked at it I thought, wow, that looks pretty cool. And then, then I was caught by uh, <laughs> by Electra Assassin, Bill Sink of its Art, on the cover of that. And it was when it was collected and trade. And I, and I kind of flicked through that and thought, my God, what is that? Uh, and then then Alex Ross' Marvels, I think, issue one or two were out by then. And I was thinking, what? and what's that? And I'm thinking, what am I reading these X-Men things for? And they, they're, they're just not interested in me, but these things look amazing. So I put all the X-Men titles back and picked up these other books. <laughs> I think for me, that, that moment's when I kind of realised that it's, it's more about the creators than than the, the title. <laughs> um, so and now, I've, since then, I've never followed a, a title religiously. I just pick up and follow certain creators, a writer or an artist or both. You know, and it's whatever they do, I tend to try and get because I know I'll probably like it or be interested by it. So I think that was the, uh, it was more 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 of a moment than the comic. But I think it, it's the kind of quality of some comics that that are kind of different than the original. and original. And Tom King now doing this, uh, the writer with his vision, you know, that vision short series he did was amazing. So, you know, there's some really good stuff out there. But I think don't just keep following the same thing, hoping it'll get better. And there are better things out there
0: you can read now. Exactly, and uh, it—it's quite a moment when you kind of <clears throat> have that moment of thinking that yeah, there are people behind this, and those creators, whatever they put their hand to, will tend to do a good job. Yeah, and that's what I want. Really, yeah. I want good stories, and you know, the characters are kind of like almost a. A sideshow, <laughs>
1: almost. Well, they kind of are, yeah, because it's a story. And you know, and if you read Marvel for many years, and uh, Drone obviously has, um, <laughs> you realise that a lot of it's the same story being told again. Yeah. Um, there might be a few other characters in it that weren't in the first time they told that kind of story. And and it's different because the characters interact differently and the writer's got a different voice. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think there are many Marvel comics re- in recent years that have been completely different, groundbreaking. Um, apart from things like vision, which is done by uh, by Tom King, and it was at continuity, you know. So,
0: yeah, certainly, it's fantastic. Um, and uh, but before we come on to your answer, Drone, I just found out it's, it's Greg Staples that did that cover. Oh,
2: Greg! Yeah, uh, Greg! Yeah,
1: I thought it was, yep. yeah, 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 yes, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, if you if you again, folks at home, uh, Mars Attacks, Judge Dredd. Um, uh, Yeah, Mars Attacks, Judge Dredd, Greg Staples, it'll come up. It's a great cover. Um, But uh, yes, for you, Drone, uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you?
2: Uh, The most meaningful one for me, I bought it from, uh, uh, there was a shop in Birmingham called Nostalgia and Comics, um, a really big shop. And I was was just looking in there, uh, just hunting around for anything of interest. And I came across a, a graphic novel called Stray Toasters, and it blew my mind. Yeah. The, the artwork, the story. it It's it the first time I've, I've seen a graphic novel, which I'd, I would class as a piece of art, the whole thing. It, it, it's just inspirational. That just sort of puts a lot of the other comics to shame. The way it's drawn, the character development, the storyline, the plot. Uh, just just blew me away. I'd never read anything like it, and today I would still say it's one of one of the all time greats. Yeah, and that's that's Bill
1: Sinkovitz again, isn't it? Yeah, I mean he is an amazing artist.
2: And and it's such a sort of a a, a weird story, mm. uh, but but it's so well written uh, that it's just one of those ones that I could quite happily keep rereading.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because the major companies I think turned that down. You couldn't get it published
2: by anybody. Oh, did they? Oh, right.
1: Yeah, they just and they they just said it's not it's not good, and he he believed in it and pushed it and pushed it until he got it, and it's just amazing, yeah.
2: And it, and it, and it's not like anything else out there. Yeah. So, so uh, Sam, have you ever read it?
0: I haven't, um, and I'm glad that you – Oh, and that, that's one of the reasons that I love this show, is that you know these things come up, and then it goes straight on my reading list. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is one that is really, really interesting. Um, do you, you want to have a crack at, at telling the listeners the, the premise? Uh,
2: do you want to, Dave? You'll probably do a better job. Uh, no, you do it. You do it. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, it's too far out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. The, 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 the It's as good as America uh, yeah. by John Wagner. It, it's yeah. a classic. It's one of those ones that you've just got to try and hunt yeah. down and get. Because I don't want to spoil the plot because no. every page – uh, is is a, is like one of the best you know stories you will ever read, yeah. and it's yeah. yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to let any. I don't want to. I don't want to pre warn anybody because yeah. because it, might ruin because it, it yeah. is out there. But it is. never you're made right. it into a film. It's that good. I'm surprised yeah. it, it was never like a big yeah. hit film.
1: You best you best consuming it without knowing anything about it. It's just I just let like, it take it. Uh, yeah, like, I
2: think if you don't know anything about it, it's probably even. Better, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Fantastic. and it's one of those
2: ones you can reread. It's a bit like, um, yeah, I, I don't want to say anything, no, just to find yeah. hunt it down, yeah, hunted down buy yeah. it, uh, and and read it multiple times
1: <laughs> get hold of now, though, Drone, because mine's a little slipcase edition and all sorts of special <laughs> um, oh, yeah, right. it around for years, actually.
2: Yeah, mine's uh, mine's all bagged and bagged and <laughs> bagged and boxed. Um, but it, it is stunning it, really? it's one of my prize possessions yeah mine
0: too fantastic uh now moving on to another very interesting question and for you dave uh what's the most underrated comic
1: yeah that, that's, that's yeah this is difficult isn't it so so I, I tend to find what i think is a oh i've discovered a comic it's it's no one's really heard about this thing and then about a year later it's on netflix as a tv series okay. uh, so my latest one which I've really picked up on is, and I was drawn to it by Dean Ormston's art. So Dean Ormston's got a very kind of distinct style. And I saw his art on a, on a something called Black Hammer. And yeah. I thought, oh, that looks good. I'll have a go at that. So I love his work. Well. I've not seen him for a while. And I think he wasn't well for a while. I think he's coming back now, which is great. Mm. And, uh, and, I, and I thought, well, wow, this is really interesting. And it, it's kind of, yeah, I can, I can tell you this without giving too much away. So basically, it's as if the Justice League, and I think it was written, it feels like it was written for DC, but they probably turned it down. Uh, it feels like, so if the Justice League woke up one day and they're in a farm, so no one knows who they are, what they are, they're not sure about where they are or why they, or how they got there. They can't leave the, the, the village around the farm or the town near the farm. They can't leave it. It's like it's, they just can't get out of this place. Uh, and it's all, it's kind of, it's kind of, probing into their relationships and then and kind of what's the story behind them getting there. Where did they come from? Where's is this the real world or are they trapped somewhere? And it's really, really interesting. Um and I think they are I believe I read somewhere they're making a Netflix series of it and I think it'd be really good. So it's definitely worth watching.
0: Fantastic. And yeah, as you say, like the art is is just wonderful. Yeah. It?
1: Yeah I have I've actually bought a page of it. So uh yeah it's really good.
0: I oh, really? Yeah yeah. Like an original yeah, yeah! Wow, a
1: little bit of cash for It's from America. It came from America, bizarrely. And Dean Almerson's British,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I had to have a page. It's a very simple page of him, sort of a very thoughtful page rather than anything too dynamic going on. But I love it.
0: That's awesome. And then for you, Drain, what's the most underrated comic?
2: Well, it is the reason why I picked this one. It's um, the Nosferatu book. I think came out about ninety-one. By Drulit? Drulit? this the French artist. Um, it's a black and white comic. It's a one shot, so it, it, there's only one of them. Uh, the cover's just black with a very line, blocky drawing on the front. It, but the story's amazing. <laughs> so so, mm. so, for me it looked like this sad little comic it, it wasn't trying to be shiny and glitzy it, it wasn't in, you know it, it isn't in full color it's in black and white even the cover's just black and sort of silver but the story was just amazing so I don't know how many other people have, have, have read it um, but it was like a one-shot thing but it, it was amazing so again that's one of my prized possessions I, I really like that comic it's sort of based on uh, vampires, what would happen if sort of uh, vampires took over the world, but then they sort of ran out of prey? Then, right. then what would happen if there's like, like a post-apocalyptic like Wasteland, but just vampires? Uh, yes. And it's not flashy at all. It's all very simplistic, clean uh, line work, uh, but a really good story. Uh, and I just thought, you know, that was, for me, that was sort of very underrated in itself <laughs> compared to the other ones sat around it in the comic book shops, you know, with the uh, buy me big kapow covers and you've yeah. got this sort of black and silver thing. Um but awesome. Really good. Have you ever read it?
0: No. No, I haven't I haven't read that one. Um but it, it's kind of difficult, isn't it, with those things? Um because obviously when they first come out and you put that in comparison to like a splashy Marvel cover. And you got a you know, fifteen year old kid walking into a comic book shop. It's yeah. like, wh- which ones are going to choose? <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, the, but the good thing is, is that of course you know these comic book fans grow up um, and taste can change. But then also you got word of mouth as yeah. well, and like that's what this is part part of as well. So so you're kind of you're you're spreading the good word, drone. definitely
2: and and again it's one of those ones look it up on ebay it's probably a couple of quid i think came out on dark horse comics but it is unlike anything else Mm. um so it's definitely worth checking out it's it's not like anything else which i like i like i like fresh new exciting things that are not retreading the same stuff does that make any sense you know who, who wants to be you know A bit like the Beatles, you know, the Beatles were great because they were the original ones, but why try and be a a sad clone of something else? And this comic wasn't, it was its own thing. And he probably had, you know, fun trying to print it and sell it because it's just not flashy (laughs) at all. (laughs) But a great story.
0: Fantastic. And that's what it's all about. Um, Now, um, moving on to our most difficult question. And for you, Dave, what's the best comic of all time?
1: Mm. <laughs> this is a tough one. I mean, there are a number of comics I really love. Um, I think, and I just thought, okay, if I just had one comic, what would it be? And then I thought, well, no, wait a minute. I've kind of, I'd probably, if I had one comic, and I'd like, you know, it'd probably, it'd probably be the, um, it's going to be Stray Toasters, bizarrely, you know, but then but then I came on on the side of Electro Assassin. Mm. Um, it was that one that kind of turned my head really from, from the kind of the usual in-house Marvel stuff um, that obviously hasn't, drone hasn't got there yet. Um, But um, to kind of explore, and although it was Marvel, I think it was done by one of their sort of imprints or something, maybe Eclipse or something they called it. It It's a bit more adult, Um, but it was just stunning. I mean, the artwork is just crazy. I mean, he feels sink of it. So he kind of, he uses all sorts of media. I think he flicks things on it. one of the characters about the main protagonist is it's like a, a photocopy cut out of a face stuck on every image. It's always looking at you. Some <laughs> crazy things he does. There's helicopters that look like women's shoes, big stilettos, and things. It's just, it's just amazing, and I, and I kind of love that. And it's and the story itself. I mean, I won't try and describe the story, but it's frenetic. It's all sorts of stuff going on that just you know just bizarre, and, and it all hangs together really well. I think it was Frank Miller, obviously, that wrote it, and um, but the art is the thing, and, and it's an interesting kind of romp. Uh, but the art is just stunning, and it's just. It's one of those things where you look at it and think actually you can do anything in comics you know this you don't have to do the marvel house style you don't have to mm-hmm. draw like jim lee or something you know it, you can do anything and you know as long as you and you know if you look at mike we artwork his proportions aren't quite right but it's consistent and it's stunning you know mike yeah. no fantastic but he's not drawn in the house style he's done his own thing and bill we'll sink of it so, i mean you can always say it's a bit like so and so uh, Sergio Toppi, for example, there's little elements of other people in there, but but he's made it his own, you know. And if you look at David Mapp, he's taken bits of Bill Sienkiewicz and made it his own. So everything's derivative to a degree, but I just I just think it's an amazing book, and it's the one I pick up every kind of well, at least once a year and just just read through it again. Just just I'm almost not reading it, was just enjoying the, the images. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you know the story inside out, <laughs>
1: Yeah, not you? Yeah, it's just stunning, and it's the one that kind of woke me up really.
0: That's fun so and it was uh it was epic comics yeah it was it was printed okay. through um, yeah 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 excellent um and then for you drome uh for you what's the what's the best comic of all time
2: uh well that's a, a very easy one to to uh yeah. <laughs> to come out with um it is america uh by john Wagner, the dread book it's it's just a a, a world classic you know it should be put in a nuclear bunker or sent off into space so aliens can read it. It's, it's class. It's just amazing. Just, just one of the best written and drawn comics ever. Uh, and uh, if you don't agree, please send, uh, send your details to Judge Dredd and uh, <laughs> obviously here pop round and uh, give you a bit of correction. <laughs> <Thought> correction. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I love. I'm, I'm just a massive fan of dread I love the way that with John Wagner. Sometimes dreads like the hero. Sometimes he's a villain. You know, mm-hmm. you're not sure what again. But but America, he knocked it out of the park on that one. That was right until the end, the last few pages, you know, with the twists and turns and stuff. Stunning. Uh, a quick one then to you, Sam. What's your favourite?
0: Yeah, That's well, um, I, 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 I keep my cards close to close to my chest. I'm yet to reveal that. And we're, we're coming up to uh, episode 100 soon, actually, in the next six okay. weeks. And, 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 I, and I might be doing my uh, my own comics for the apocalypse for the 100th episode.
2: Awesome.
0: Um, we'll have to well, wait until then.
2: <laughs> I'd just like to make a prediction that yeah, go it on. is going to be America by uh, John Wagner. <laughs>
0: wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge gun nudge. in the back.
2: Or, yeah, or we send the boys round. <laughs> uh,
0: Fantastic. Um it, Now, uh, you know, no, go, there, on, go on, go on. Ryan. There was
2: a quite funny story about that because um when you meet John Wagner, he's such, such a fun guy. So yeah. at Comic-Cons... Uh, because uh, Disney owned, uh Star Wars. So the poor Stormtroopers, if they're in cosplay, they can't point their gun at people. You, you know, they, they've got all these rules, like the 501st, they can't do this, they can't do that, et cetera, et cetera. But the judges just go mad. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and John Wagner's very proud of his judges. So, you know, it's uh, we're like the naughty corner of a Comic-Con, uh, but our main boss, John Wagner, is... Uh, he's he's the he's the chief he's the big boss and it is quite funny it's uh he he lives up to the hype he's he's a great guy he was given one job once uh he i think he gave up comics moved to scotland and uh he took this job of looking after this church he was like a caretaker He he was telling me about it so he was a caretaker for this church and literally within three days of taking the job on, somebody nicked all the lead off the roof and he got fired. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, the guy is the guy has a whole, it's like that every step of his his life. He's brilliant. So he actually got fired as a caretaker within three days because all the lead got stolen. What a start. Did you know that John Wagner started off writing stories in a girl's magazine? Was it Wendy or something like that? Mm. Crazy. I didn't know that. How, how could you have somebody that mad writing <laughs> stories for small girls? That's all I can say. <laughs> and and back amazing. to you, Sam.
0: What, what an arc. What an arc. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we move on to our final uh, comic choice. Um, and uh, for you, Dave, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be?
1: me That is a tough one. So, uh, so I'd probably take um, The New Mutants. I've got this big IDW slipcase edition. Uh, which collects, so God knows how many. I've not actually opened it yet. I've read the New, many, many years ago, I read the New Mutants by, again, yes. it's Bill is Art. So I'd probably take that because it'll be fairly fresh. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a toss-up between that and Electro-Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I'll take New Mutants because it would be a bit newer to read. And also I love I love these kind of, uh, I love team books. I love the kind of how the mm. early ones, where they kind of develop the powers they work out. How to use the powers? They work out how to work with other people in the team, all that sort of dynamic. Yeah. Um, New mutants movie I watched out at the the, the, uh, the Blu Ray the other day, and and I enjoyed it. It's it's kind of it's not, yeah. but it's pretty good. It tells a story, and the characters are good. And it's other it, the Demon Bear saga. I thought it, I thought it was done pretty well, and I don't know why it wasn't reviewed very well. Perhaps they were expecting another MCU type film. It's yeah. more of a horror kind of um, psychological thing. So, but yeah, that, that's the one I would take. I think uh, I think it was a really good series.
2: Um,
0: Fantastic, yep. yeah. And for you, drain
2: uh, Okay, uh, the book I would take into the apocalypse is the V Two A Wasteland Chronicles. Ah. Yeah. So first yeah. of all, first of all, it's it's you know it's a classic piece of art from its time. Uh, also, you can use it as a survival guide for the apocalypse. You know, <laughs> because in the apocalypse, you know, we've cannibal clans, there's death cults. You know how how does your flamethrower work? All of this is in our graphic novel. So, as I said, it's it's not just a novel. Uh, it's not just amazing stories written uh, by really two awesome, good-looking dudes uh, with art from the world's best 2000 AD artists. It's also a survival guide. It's it's a must-read. And to be honest, you know, it's it's you, you need to you, you know you've got your survival pack, your your pot noodles, as Dave likes. You know, you, you know, your toilet roll and your third po- Your third item should be the V two A Wasteland Chronicles. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Fantastic! It's something to be proud of in the in the uh, apocalypse as well, isn't
2: it? Exactly, it's a it's a medal of honour.
0: Superb! Um, and then, along with uh, the New Mutants and the uh, V two A Wasteland co- Chronicles, uh, Dave, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you take with you as well?
1: Yeah, with all these. Tins of beans and things I'll be eating a, a tin opener that works. I always mm-hmm. seem to find tin openers. I always find that they either break or they kind of they don't quite get into the tin. I, I, I'm always frustrated by them. So I would find a tin opener that works, and and I would keep that close.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I, I seem to have quite a bit of trouble with tin openers as well, to be honest. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the lookout for a, for a tin opener that actually does work. Yeah,
1: um, you know, <laughs> one and tell me where you, you got it from. I'll make a trip.
0: <laughs> Definitely, and for you, drone. Uh,
2: what, what was the question again? What I would take I say:
0: what what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse with you? Okay, as well?
2: My, my useful item, I would take the whole of the cult of V two A, because it's <laughs> yeah. quite hard to be a warlord if you're just on your own. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I can cause far more trouble uh, worldwide and become more of an evil dictator if I've got my cult with me. It's Fantastic. a bit hard when you're on your on your Todd. Nice. I, join I, join I have a tin opener. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, Dave, you could join as well because you've got a tin opener. Yeah, tin I, open I, obviously, I didn't really think of the logistics on this. I was just <laughs> too, too busy about world domination.
0: Well, you, you're just going to be able to delegate everything. <laughs> I
2: think. I think the, the the worst bit would be if somebody said, "Okay, the apocalypse. You know, post-apocalypse is here." We'd all 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 our lot would get that excited. They'd be out there with all their. Foam armor on and driving up and down the high street uh, with flamethrowers, and then somebody went, "Oh no, no, it isn't really. Sorry, false. You know, uh, you know they, they've got it wrong. You can all go back to your work. We'd be devastated. We're sort of quite looking forward to it, actually.
0: Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to embrace it."
2: It is. It's like a school holiday. You can just go mad. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Well, Dave West and Drone, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse. It's it's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. It's good fun. Excellent. And thank you so much for having us on. Uh, most people uh, don't invite us for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, and for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you? uh online.
1: So we have the website that will be coming soon. So it's accentukcomics.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group as well called Accent UK and Strangest um, of strangestoftimes.blogspot.com.
2: And there is the on Facebook, there is V2A, which has got about 20,000 followers, and the cult of V2A, which is our evil cult.
0: <laughs> if you want to sign up, folks, sign
2: up. <laughs> Because also we are, we, we, yeah. You can. We are releasing a T-shirt and some stickers with "Hey, Mom, I've joined a cult," which is always cool, and uh, and it also looks good when you're on LinkedIn or looking for other jobs.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, folks, those those links are in the show notes. But um, Dave and Drone, I, I can't wait um, to see you both at a, at a show at some point.
1: No, it's, that'd be cool yeah i'm looking forward to it. i mean god we miss con so much
2: yeah
1: uh, it's just yeah
2: definitely and sam we will we would like to invite you on stage so oh we'll be, i'd love we'll, to we'll, when we're up and running we would like to introduce you to the cult we're uh, in doc uh, well introduce you to the cult I on think... stage and uh, make you a full member uh, Amazing. and uh, we're still trying to get dave on stage dave, dave hides <laughs> he runs off in hides with his. his, I'll, his I'll push at you, and I'll run for it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, but we'd love to have you on stage. It's great fun. The crowds are awesome everywhere. Um, we played uh, a festival in Germany a couple of years ago called Wave Gothic Treffen, and there was about thirteen thousand people there. Wow, so that was good. So it's just a riot. It's great fun. And uh, sounds
0: wicked. I'd love to. Uh,
2: definitely. And uh, next year we are over in – so a big shout-out to the Mad Max Museum over in Australia. Uh, so what it was is, is this guy called AD, uh from Bradford saw Mad Max as a kid – Loved it Mm. so much, he moved his whole family out to Australia (laughs) in the middle of nowhere and opened up a Mad Max museum. (laughs) So uh, we are playing the Mad Max 2 40-year anniversary festival next year in Australia in Broken Hill, where they film Mad Max 2. So uh, see you there, guys.
0: (laughs) Keen as mustard. Keen as mustard. Uh, Well, thanks thanks again, lads. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, hope to see you soon.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Sam. Excellent. Cheers, Sam. Bye. Yeah.
0: Thanks again to Dave and Drone for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only you will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Dave and Drone's work or follow them on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, Be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.